You are listening to Beyond Smart Buildings by PropMoto, where we explore the eight principles that go into intelligent space. To listen to other episodes from this series, just search for PropMoto wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, everyone. My name is Franco. I'm the editor of PropMoto, and welcome to my podcast about smart buildings. In this series, we are looking at all the different principles it takes to make a building smart. And in this episode, we're talking about integrate, how buildings can integrate not only within themselves, but but like with the larger context of what they're doing with their tenants. Uh, with me, as always, is Vincent Durbin. Yeah, he's uh, one of the people that has turned me on to this idea of uh, all of these amazing principles for smart buildings. Hi, Vinny. How are you doing today? I'm well, Franco. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, you know... Uh, I, I have to admit that when I, I kind of first thought about the idea of integration, you know, it was all about kind of you know, APIs and protocols and how to get computers to talk to each other. But, you know, the, the more I learned about the subject, the, the more I learned that, you know, that's just one example of how buildings need to integrate. Right. And, and as we go along, you know, the, the property industry is uh, increasingly becoming uh, one that, that provides more than just space. Right. It provides a service. So they really do have to have an integration mentality, uh, not only internally, but but with their tenants as well. Yes, Franco, the ability to integrate systems is a key aspect of any building to make it smart, and that's the fundamental internal focus on being smart. So it's it's sensing and, and integrating and bringing stuff together, bringing the information together. But it also has to then react to externals and actually has to integrate with the outside world and the outside business and the outside purpose so that it actually can serve that purpose well. And then fundamentally beyond that, it has to contribute back out. It has to integrate to contribute back out to those purposes. So the integration layers are threefold. It's, it's amongst itself, it's reacting to the externals, and it's driving out to the, ex, to the externals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, this changes a lot depending on the property type, right? I mean, you certainly have, uh, you know, some properties that, that are required to kind of integrate uh, a little bit more uh, than others, right? And, and uh, you know, someone that I talked to for this episode about this was, uh, you know, kind of in the logistical space. And this is really interesting to me because, it, you know, industrial is always kind of seen as one of the most hands-off uh, property types, you know. Uh, but it's it's quickly becoming one of the, the most uh, closely connected with its tenants. It- in the industrial space, the ability to integrate fully and, and competently into the overall supply chain will become is becoming and will become critical as we go forward. It will become critical for pure for the basic operation of the supply chain, the efficiency of the supply chain, and all the other considerations that we're now thinking about when, it's, when we talk about uh, climate aspects and uh, elements of that nature. Yeah, and uh, you know, for this episode, I was lucky enough to talk to a woman who has a long history of helping big companies, you know, craft the digital strategy, um, and now she's she's doing so for one of the biggest logistical uh, landlords in the world. My name is Miaoso. I'm my current role is Global Chief Information Officer of GLP. GLP is based in Singapore and has a network of logistical real estate that stretches to 17 countries around the globe. They have around a whopping $90 billion currently under management. And this is after they sold their U.S. logistical network to Blackstone last year for $18.7 billion in what was reported to be the biggest private real estate deal in history. Miao is relatively new to the company and to real estate in general, but her previous roles have made her a sought-after asset for a company going through a whole-scale digital transformation. 
prior to Mars, I worked in different companies, including Johnson & Johnson as their chief information officer for Asia Pacific. Um, prior to J&J, I worked in oil and gas uh, in Royda Shell for more than 14 years. Um, I've been working and living in more than five countries in the last 20 years, uh, taking on regional role and global roles, primarily in supply chain technology, data, and digital areas. Digital transformations do not work when they're done piecemeal. They need to integrate the data layer that is being created into the very being of the company. Decisions about the strategic direction of a company need to be made based on insights being generated by a company's information systems. Finding the best way to interpret the information that a company gets from their data means figuring out what you are optimizing for. That leads to a larger, almost philosophical discussion about what a company is and what it does, and whether short-term revenue is the variable that needs to be optimized for after all. From a customer perspective, digital transformation really means enhance the customer experiences uh, and make sure that it, it, we understand the customer better, either from understanding of the customer insights or create more value-added services for the customer. I think it's not purely say, hey, we just add revenue. I think it's really around improve and enhance the whole experience. And I think digital and data play a key, key role in that. Um, for example, some, create some value-added service um, through some digital apps so that customer can use those apps to um, manage um, their day-to-day -day operation in some of our parks. Um, these are, for me, our value-added additional services. Having a central data strategy is important. But anytime a company operates in as many countries as GLP does, they need to be able to create a system flexible and responsive enough to tailor data collection to the changing landscape of private and security concerns. Different data collection rules for each country or even state can limit what can be done with the data and can dictate how it needs to be stored. Each country probably have their own data privacy law or data security law. The first thing is to be compliant because it's important. It's a license to operate in that in those countries. Um, understanding the consequence and implication of those regulation and laws is super important. That's first. That's first part. The second one is that based on those requirements, um, we 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 have a flexible infrastructure, whether it's on cloud or it's on premise. Uh, we want to make sure that data we collected are safely um, stored in our infrastructure with the right uh, data encryption, data protection, um, um, to make sure that there's no non-compliance issues in our organization. So, um, for example, I, I know in China now it's more the Chinese government is issuing the security law uh, the data security law uh, for 1st of November, the new one, there will be some consequences around how you collect personal data, etc. So we will have to be fully compliant with the new regulation. So it's quite sensitive for us. Um, therefore, we are putting more focus and efforts to understand the consequence of that um, law, but also make sure from an architectural design perspective, um, data is stored safely and, you know, in a fashion. 
What other services a property company can provide is something central to how Meow plans to integrate data into GLP's digital transformation. One of these is already emerging around understanding sustainability. Companies that want better insights on how to reduce their carbon footprint are often able to benefit from logistics parks that have sensors monitoring CO2. For example, you know, if we build out into smart buildings or smart parks um, on a daily basis, um, you know, the business actually collect multiple information, including the IoT devices, sensor, etc., in the parks, um, including the information of um, energy consumption, uh, including data of um, traffic, etc., in our smart parks. But these are just some of the data, right? There, there are more uh, where we haven't even captured. Leveraging this data um, to generate insight will, will, will help the customer experience. All buildings have data about their occupants that they likely don't even know about themselves. This creates an opportunity for the real estate industry. Logistical real estate has an even greater ability to help its users. Understanding how best to deal with the almost incomprehensible flow of people, vehicles, and goods that pass through a logistical warehouse can only be done with the help of the property's management. The need for this kind of additional service is only heightened now that the entire supply chain has been strained to the limit in the aftermath of the pandemic. The other area will be the traffic through traffic um, monitoring, but also uh, collecting data of traffic, and eventually we are able to will be able to predict um, the traffic. And then, based on that information, there are many opportunities. For example, provide a recommendation to optimize uh, the route and of the customer uh, delivery. So for example, if we were able to help the customers to optimize their traffic route, um, eventually they should be able to reduce the consumption of, um, of energy, of the logistics. Uh, and then that will help them, indirectly help them to achieve their ESG target. Helping customers become better organizations is something that Meow thinks that every landlord should be focused on. Traditionally, that has meant helping tenants save money. But now the new focus on sustainability from global consumers has made integrating with customers' decision systems about a lot more than just cost savings. The consumers, the younger consumers nowadays, when they purchase a product, they, they, they look at the packaging. They, want, they look at whether you have sustainable recycle package packaging. Uh, you know, one of the things is really big problem at the moment is plastic packaging. Um, and they look at this, right? If your product is not sustainable, uh, if your product is not focused on longer term sustainability goals, and they will not buy this product. I think that's, that's where I'm from. Um, and the company who are doing really well focused on ESG, they do things very thoughtfully. They focus on longer term uh, strategy instead of short-term financial gains. Uh, they're willing to invest uh, and they were willing to um, work on the ESG um, initiatives seriously as they're part of their strategy and as part of the, the, what they do on a daily basis. In the end, any business decision comes down to an involving understanding of what a company's purpose is. This purpose doesn't always have to be one of straight utility either. From Meow's experience working with older companies, 
Oftentimes, a better long-term approach to understanding a company's purpose is more about what it does for people and for the world than what it can produce monetarily. Organizations I worked for before, they all have a clear purpose. It's not actually, they don't talk about revenue in that purpose. And they talk about why the company exists, either improve life quality of people or, you know, contribute to the society. For me, this is just super important. I think, I think owning the purpose and the vision um, ties people together to work for a great organization. Uh, I mean, it's not just saying, you know, every company should change the world, but I think contribute to the society, uh, connected to the society uh, is, is very important for, for an organization, for a company. Uh, that's where I'm very passionate about this this topic. And some of the companies are actually doing this um, very well. They they don't just talk about their purpose to their stakeholders or share or shareholders, but they actually do a lot of um, work uh, to actually contribute to the society and community. On its surface, real estate is about selling space. One that doesn't need to have an introspective conversation around purpose like, say, a Johnson & Johnson would. But if you think about how important our buildings are to the way humanity utilizes its precious resources, you have to admit that in the long term, our properties are an important piece to the solution to our global challenges. Instead of thinking about every property company as just an entity designed to sell space, we need to have a bigger conversation around how to use space and how it integrates into our larger systems. When you start challenging the mindset of the pursuit of short-term profit overall, you can open yourself up to a much broader, more integrated view of where a company fits into the world, making for better strategic decisions and a better world as a whole. Thanks for listening. This series is brought to you by Cohen Resnick, a leading U.S. advisory, assurance, and tax firm with a global perspective and extensive experience in commercial real estate. As our post-pandemic world continues to take shape, Cohen Resnick believes that the industry's new normal must be one centered around trust, where investors, tenants, landlords, and communities can trust one another to find common ground while creating value and addressing risk. Visit Cohen Resnick's Resource Center at cohenresnick.com slash building trust for insights and tools to propel your business forward. Again, that's C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K dot com slash building trust.